welcome to the Healthy Catholic Moms podcast, where we make moving and nourishing our bodies a priority so that we not only fulfill our vocations, but excel in our callings. I'm Brittany Pearson, a Catholic wife, mom, and personal trainer, and I'm here to help you build healthy habits that actually fit your life. I am here to teach you how to get the results that you want and maintain the results that you want without spending hours at the gym or meal prepping all weekend long. I understand. I am right here with you, getting my workouts done in the nooks and crannies of time, looking up recipes while nursing babies, and trying to prioritize my own health amidst everything else going on. But I have really good news for you. You can get the results you want in less time without doing hours of cardio and restrictive dieting. I am going to teach you how to use strength training and eating in a macro balanced way to get you feeling so good in your skin, full of energy and strong to carry out your life, okay? (laughs) On this podcast, we'll delve into how to lose fat in a simple, sustainable way, what your workouts and nutrition should look like during different seasons of life, like during pregnancy and postpartum times, We'll also discuss healthy, quick meals and how to get them on the table, make food that kids will actually want to eat, mom hacks for making your day run more smoothly, and so much more. All the while with continuous encouragement to stay the course and live with discipline. This is a place where we're striving to steward our bodies well in order to joyfully serve. I am so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hey there, beautiful ladies. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so happy you're here. So excited to dive in. I hope you're having a great day, a great week so far. And I want to tell you right away, we're going to get right into caffeine and alcohol today, two of my favorite topics. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Um, but I want to tell you there's a freebie for you, especially if you're a stay-at-home mom. But even if you're not a stay-at-home mom, I think some of these will hopefully apply and help you. I just made it to help you. I just jotted down a list of 10 things that help me to be productive, kind of productivity hacks, if you will, um, throughout the day that help make sure that I'm actually moving the needle forward and not just being busy. So maybe one or two you can glean something from. Maybe the whole list will help you out. You can get that totally free over on my website at healthycatholicmoms.com or if you go to Instagram via the link in my bio. I just want to tell you about that all month long. If you're like, yes, Brittany, I heard it last episode. I know not everybody listens to every episode in a row. So I'll just mention it this month as it's, I'm trying to make at least a freebie every couple months. So uh, if you have specific questions too, or things you'd love to see as a freebie, let me know. Email me, Brittany at healthycatholicmoms.com. All right. So today we're hopping into caffeine and alcohol. Now I know I have some previous episodes on these topics. So you can scroll back on through. I've talked before about uh, caffeine timing and things like that. I'm going to get into that a little bit today, but if you're newer to the podcast, or this is probably, if you've listened to those before, this hopefully serves as a good refresher about what to do with these items, how to log them. If you're logging, how to enjoy them in my opinion, healthfully. So I will say before we get into this, that this is of course something there's tons of differing opinions on. You can follow one health professional or fitness professional who's going to say never drink alcohol ever if you want to be healthy or don't have caffeine because it's a drug, you know, all different opinions and lifestyle choices really. Now, where I come from on this topic is where I do feel truly like I land with most topics. I think a lot of people probably just just like to consider themselves balanced, but I really do try to ride that middle line where 
I was talking about this over on the Laughs and Littles podcast. Those ladies are awesome. If you don't listen to that podcast, it's a great one to check out. But they asked me about, you know, if I do enjoy alcohol or include alcohol in my regimen and things because they know a lot of fitness people don't. And same answer there, same answer here. I do like to include things like that, not only just for myself, but because I also want my kids to see me doing things in a balanced way or in a moderate way. This is something I'm not going to get on a too big of a tangent with, but how I feel about like technology and social media and things. I have gone through periods where I'm like, I just want to throw it all out. I'm not going to have any social media. I'm not going to have any of this, that, but I know what time is going to come. I'm not saying my 10 year old is going to have social media, but even when they're, you know, say 18 or whatever, that's probably honestly what we're looking at. Um, but I don't want them to have never experienced it or never seen mom and dad moderate themselves. Same thing with drinking of like, well, they were just too health conscious and they never drink. So then, you know, everyone has different opinions on that. It's not to say your kids aren't going to be able to moderate if they don't see you drink. But also personally, I do enjoy having drinks socially. I like to be at a country concert with a beer in my hand up at the sky, (laughs) pointed up at the sky, sing along. I like to have a glass of wine with uh, a nice red sauce dinner, you know, at Christmas. We do that, whatever. And we do that more than Christmas. I'm just saying we always have sauce at Christmas. I like to have a drink with my husband on date night, these kinds of things. So I personally do include them in the rotation and, um, everybody's got a different moderate, you know, what moderate means to them for us. It usually means that we limit drinking to Friday and Saturday nights. This depends. Um, I would still say broadly here because during, um, during the year a lot, we were doing like a I think I have to scoop the baby out of the swing in a second. We'll stay tuned for that. If I have to walk away from you for a moment, we're making a lot of gurglings. Um, yeah, let me scoop them real quick. Okay. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Cause I'm not going to edit it. Okay. Sorry for the dead air time, but here we are. So I won't get, you know, too much into our personal thing, but there's been times where we'll have like one drinking night during the week because we are, um, we were doing like theology on tap. We honestly haven't done that in a minute where we watched, um, actually the Franciscan friars on YouTube, Poco Poco. It's great. Look it up. If you don't know what that is either, I'm just giving you, I'm just, this podcast is to give you a bunch of other podcast recommendations today, apparently. Uh, but no, so we drink one night during the week, like have a glass of something while we watch that. And then, um, then sometimes we were doing just Saturday nights with that or whatever, Friday, Saturday, it, it just depends. And then we're very seasonal with it where, you know, if it's summer and we're at a barbecue or something, uh, we'll have a drink outside. We have friends over whatever. We're not scrupulous about it is my point. And then we try to be seasonal with the church seasons of like during Lent, sometimes we'll just have no drinks except Sunday or at least like Saturday night, Sunday. Like we just say, okay, absolutely no during the week because it's Lent or Advent. Actually, while I'm recording this right now, it is Advent and we are doing that, which I'll be honest, like this is a personal choice. But that was hard because I had the baby on Advent started December 3rd and I had the baby December 5th. So I was coming off a hearty season of not having drinks and I was like, oh, shoot, now it's Advent and we're supposed to, you know, be waiting to celebrate here. So 
We are, we are just weekends right now as well, but don't worry. I try to use that Saturday and that Sunday to have a glass of something after a long time. But anyway, everybody's got a different moderation level and a different idea of what moderation means. Talking about these two together, they're not, I'm not um, putting them on the same plane because you could argue too, that alcohol has zero positive benefits. It really Besides red wine, having antioxidants and, you know, maybe because stress is stress is a big deal. You know, there, I've heard the argument made that if having a drink relaxes you like stress is a bigger, uh, indicator of disease than, you know, a drink every now and then that's true. But the argument, do we need alcohol to de-stress? Not so much. So you could argue, like I said, and people do that alcohol doesn't do anything positive for you. Whereas caffeine does have, as has been shown to have positive health benefits without like the negative. So do take it for what you will. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably enjoy one or the other or both. So I just have general tips on what to do if you are enjoying them, incorporating them, et cetera. Okay. Number one, we'll start with alcohol just alphabetically here. Alcohol does belong in your 20%. So I always talk about eating 80% clean, 20% treats. So 80% of your calorie intake should look like whole clean foods that come from the ground or from a mother, like lean meats and sweet potatoes and potatoes and brown rice and vegetables and fruits and that kind of stuff, nuts, seeds, berries, et cetera. And then your 20% can be a pretty big range. This is where I feel like you can personalize your kind of quote unquote vices, not really calling them vices. I usually call them sometimes foods and always foods. Like your always foods is your 80%. Your sometimes foods is your 20%. Sometimes my 20% means a glass of red wine. Sometimes it means I'm trying to think like the most processed thing that I eat. I don't know, hint of lime tortilla chips, <laughs> but it actually those for a while I've been like, Oh, I don't know there. I could do something else in my 20% lately, but that that's my point here. Alcohol belongs in your 20%. It's not part of, don't make the argument of like, no, it's just, you know, it is, it's red wine. So it's clean or whatever. It's, it's still the more indulgent. It's still the more treat. So that should be your sometimes quote unquote food, but your your drink. Okay. Sometimes drink. It belongs in your 20%. Now here's a practical tip. If you are logging your macros, you need to give alcohol a spot as a carb or fat. So usually alcohol is its own macronutrient. Okay. You've got carbs, fat, protein, and alcohol. Sometimes alcohol will also have like additional carbs or fat in it. Say like you have a white Russian and that's made with a whole bunch of stuff. You're going to have additional fat and stuff. And you probably know that you might even be at a restaurant where you see it then like, say, I don't know, I'm totally making this up, say 250 calories and it's this many carbs and this many fat. Well, you still need to give those other calories a place. Another example, which is probably more what you're seeing is say you're drinking like a, a light beer or some kind of beer and on the bottle, it says like four grams of carbs. And you think like, okay, it's 150 calories and it's only four carbs. Well, that 150 calories needs to have a place in your log. So bear with me. This gets a little bit technical. And I know, again, I've talked about this maybe on a Q and a, but if you just go into say my fitness pal, which is what I have clients use usually, 
if you go into my fitness panel and you put in like a Miller light or whatever, it'll come up a hundred. I'm making up these numbers guys, a hundred calories for Miller light. But you notice it doesn't do anything to your macrograms. If you went down to your nutrients page that day, you're looking at how many grams you've used. It's not going to take anything from there. So it, it doesn't usually. So then like you could eat to you could eat in a surplus that day to get a little bit nitpicky. This is only for those of you who are tracking diligently right now. My advice is just to log alcohol as its own carb or fat. So how you do that is for carbs, each calorie is four grams of carbs. So you would divide your 150 calories by four to figure out how many carbs that would take. Okay. If you want to use fats instead, you would just do the same thing, but by nine, because every calorie is nine grams of fat. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. You guys probably heard that. (laughs) The baby just totally filled his diaper right here by the microphone. So that's why he was struggling. (laughs) There you go. Live action. Anyways. Um, I hope that makes sense. Let me know if it doesn't, if you need clarification on that, but I would log it again. If you're diligently logging, then it makes sense to keep that going and to make sure you give alcohol carb or fat grams to soak up. Okay. All right. Couple more alcohol tips, keep the alcohol, but cut the sugar. So a lot of times the reason people struggle with weight maintenance and fat loss and things like that while they're drinking is not actually that it's the alcohol, it's the choices of alcohol and the way it's enjoyed. So when people say, if somebody, if a client says like, is it a problem that on Saturday nights I have a, um, a a Sprite and flavored vodka, say like whatever, a Sprite or, um, a tonic water or something and, and vodka. If you had one of those on a Saturday night, you're going to be totally fine. You've kind of, you know, this in your 20%, you're not also having this huge dinner and dessert and whatever, you're going to be just fine. However, if every Saturday night you're having two 500 calorie frozen margaritas that come out of like a big slushy machine, then you're not going to be so fine. That's a thousand extra calories of a whole lot of sugar and whatnot. So you need to be smart is my advice. Again, if you're looking to achieve or maintain a certain physique is to cut out the extra stuff. Like again, we all have our different favorite drinks. If you really do like white Russians, like I just mentioned, it's a kind of wintry drink. Know that that's going to be a lot more fat, a lot more calories than having say bourbon on ice or something like that. So in general, clearer alcohols, are less calories, but that's still like, it varies brand to brand. It varies alcohol percentage wise. I don't pay that much attention to that. Like, for example, I do like drinking bourbon in the winter. So I will do bourbon on ice or bourbon with like a splash of an old fashioned mix or something like that, or just a little bit of bitters or something. But, and then in the summer, so then other example, seasonal example, like I will do instead of a bit, I love margaritas, but instead of a big tub of that margarita mix that's super high sugar and carb. I will do like sparkling lime water with tequila and triple sec or something like that. So I'm not super worried about the color of my alcohol, like say choosing vodka or rum or something instead of bourbon or tequila or something. I'm more concerned about the things I'm mixing it with and keeping those lighter. I hope that makes sense. Okay. 
Last alcohol tip. This one is tough. And I will tell you, I struggle with this too, but it is advised. Uh, There's a couple different articles and books I was reading about sleep. And it is very much advised if the, if you want optimal sleep to really just not have alcohol, but as another option to separate alcohol from bedtime, because it, I was listening to a podcast on this too, but I can't remember who, what doctor was citing it about how much it wrecks our sleep when we have a drink before bed, because, and I, I'm sure it varies too, but it didn't seem like it did. It seemed like even one drink was going to wreak havoc on your sleep from the gist I was getting here. Because we feel, we often feel like we sleep deeper with it, even towards the end of pregnancy. Like I'd have some red wine before bed thinking like it'll relax me and put me to sleep. But the truth is it does affect our sleep negatively. And I don't have all the science behind it to back that for you. So you can do your own research or trust me on that. But it is advised to separate your drink from the time you're going to bed. So this person, I think this was in the podcast. It might've been on the Dr. Gabriel Lyon podcast, somebody she interviewed, but I'm not positive. They referenced having like a happy hour before dinner as a better option than having a drink later. Now, why I struggle with this and why you might hearing that is a lot of us are parents (laughs) listening to this. And a lot of us are parents of young kids where what we look forward to about the drink, like I mentioned date night is that Saturday nights, we put our kids to bed we pour a glass of something, we play cards or we watch a show or we do something. And it's that act of putting our feet up and having the drink and having it when your kids are not around, that seems fun and relaxing and everything you want it to be. (laughs) It's not quite the same vibe at four o'clock when I'm prepping dinner and kids are running around playing floor hockey and we're like, yeah, let's have a drink quick, you know? So do with it what you will. Uh, Just know that it Again, where just land where, you know, where you want to on this. We lately, actually, when we've been having drinks, we've been having it a little bit earlier, um, being cognizant of that, but we also have not, we're in that post baby time of like, haven't really had a date, a specific date night yet and all that stuff. So it's just been different. So I don't know, again, find, you find your own little flow there, but separating it would be good. Now I will say my, some older moms who I've talked to who have, who have older kids have mentioned how much they love doing like a happy hour. And my sister and I were chatting about that one day too. She and her husband were doing that through summer. Like he'd come home from work and they do happy hour and kind of connect and talk about their days and stuff and then go on to dinner and the rest of the night. I think that's really great. If again, maybe you're in that season of life. All right, let's talk caffeine. So caffeine, as I mentioned at the start of this is not on the same playing field as alcohol, right? And caffeine has been shown to have positive effects on our metabolism. A lot of times I am absolutely not recommending fat loss pills, but a lot of times if you look at some kind of fat loss supplement, green tea pill, whatever, it usually has caffeine in there as an agent to help accelerate fat loss. So some people, you know, in studies will show like using caffeine can help curb appetite and maybe accelerate the speed up the metabolism, those kinds of things. Now it also has been shown to help performance in your workouts. So caffeine, first of all, my first tip is that it's great to use moderately as with anything we can overdo it. There have totally been times I look back when I was <laughs> pre-kids and probably pre-marriage or just when we were first married where I was having like coffee in the morning 
at least one coffee in the afternoon while I was teaching full time because then you get that afternoon cup after lunch period, you know, then I would have pre-workout or I'd stop and get a shot of espresso through a drive through on the way to the gym after work where I then taught group fitness and stuff. But it was like at least three servings of caffeine a day. And if I was doing pre-workout, sometimes I would do pre-workout in the morning to work out before school or when I was teaching classes, sometimes in the morning, sometimes I'd do pre-workout for that. And then I would do again, the multiple coffees later. Now pre-workout is its own whole own beast. If you are a pre-workout user, I'm not currently taking it. I haven't taken it in probably five years, but uh, there's totally different, you know, different brands, different caffeine dosage. We could talk about that another time, but I'm just saying like overall, you've got to be moderate with your caffeine consumption. So if you're doing multiple cups of coffee, maybe decide <laughs> what is moderate to you. But if you're also using something like energy drinks or pre-workouts, those dosages tend to be way higher than just say a cup of coffee. So I know like the pre-workout I had was 150 milligrams of caffeine. Some are 200, some are 250. So look at what's in what you're drinking and decide what moderation is for you there. But with that, you need to make sure you're hydrated with caffeine. I always advise drinking 80 to hundred ounces of water, but caffeine is dehydrating by nature. So you basically need to supplement that. The more caffeine you drink, the more water you need to be having as well. Another tip here with caffeine is to consider taking deload weeks. So I know this might sound very painful, <laughs> like my, my other tip of not having the alcohol before bedtime, but it's been shown that your body can get kind of desensitized to caffeine. So to help keep it like sensitive to it in the way that means like actually make it work for you, not oversensitive, but just to make sure it's doing something, it can be helpful to take weeks off or even longer than that off so that it kind of gets out of your system and your body, it like keeps having its effect on your body. So the way I understand it is similar to antibiotics is what I've heard of antibiotics. I don't want to have this whole discussion, but that your body can get used to it and lose its, it'll lose its effectiveness. I understand caffeine to be similar in that way. So this ends up usually being a natural thing for me. I don't plan. I just get busy and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't had coffee yet today. I know some of you hearing that might be like, I never do that, but I, truly I do that a lot of times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't had caffeine or I'll think like, oh, you know what? I'll just have one later, like after mass. Sometimes I do this on Sundays where I don't have time to have it in the morning. I'm like, well, I'll do it after mass. And then after mass, we're doing brunch and I don't have it with brunch. And then oh, I'll just have an afternoon one. And then it's too late and I don't want it to just disrupt my sleep, which we'll get into. And then I just realized I haven't had caffeine and I'll keep that going then a couple of days. So I'm like, well, that wasn't terrible. I'll do it for three to five days and you know, hope that gives me a little deload. So consider that. I know that might be very painful, but yes. And then uh, keep the caffeine. This is same tip as alcohol, but with coffee, keep the caffeine, but cut the sugar. So we said that with alcohol, keep the alcohol, but cut the sugar. A lot of times where the caffeine derails, we, we put it on caffeine as derailing our progress, but it's really what's what we're pairing with it. If you're getting a double, double twice a day, which is double cream, double sugar. Or if you're getting a Starbucks cinnamon dolce making up one, whatever, any kind of latte with all the pumps of all that artificial <laughs> sugar and everything and all the stuff that comes with it, 
that is what's going to derail your progress. Not that little portion of caffeine that's in it. So I actually did order from Starbucks the other day and I'm not knocking Starbucks. That's totally convenient. Your 20%. I very rarely get like a froofy latte. It's usually, I'll just get a coffee with one pump of something or just cream or something. If I, if I'm ordering it out, but I was, this was like two days after I got, this was the day after I think I got out of the hospital. We got home on a Wednesday night. Okay. And Friday was a holy day of obligation. Yeah. So, okay. Two days after I went with just little Micah to a mass and then my husband took the boys to a different mass because I was not ready for a full family mass, <laughs> but I still want to go to the holy day. So it was the feast of the immaculate conception. So we, I took Mike in a mass and I was like, you know what? We just did the whole labor thing. We just did the hospital food thing. Like we are going to get some Starbucks on the way home. So I went through, I like ordered it on the app, which is the only reason I paid attention to this. It's like, you know what? I'm going to get actually a cinnamon dolce latte. And I checked it out before I looked. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like 50 grams of sugar in a grande. And I ended up taking a couple of the pumps off and then modifying it a little bit with stuff to bring it down a bit because I could not stomach that. But I was like, oh my word, like some people just every day, 50 grams of sugar in your beverage. So watch what you're putting in your caffeine. This, I'm focusing a little bit on coffee, but this extends to a lot of different kinds of caffeines as well. Just because something like you are a pop drinker or an energy drink drinker and it says zero sugar, that does not mean it's healthy. That probably means it has sucralose or aspartame or some of these other artificial sweeteners that are also terrible for you. And in that case, I would go for actual, sorry, my oven preheating because I got to put my sourdough in, <laughs> getting it all today. Um, it doesn't mean, I, we could, that's another discussion. I would choose regular sugar over the artificial sweeteners. My husband would debate me on this. And most studies do show that- in moderation, those kind of artificial sweeteners are okay in moderation. It's also been shown that heavy usage of them can be linked to dementia and things like that. And so I have a lot of feelings about that too. I just try to keep all of it in moderation. Sometimes I'll have, I do prefer the taste of Diet Coke over regular Coke. So if I'm in the rare position of getting a pop somewhere, I will usually get a Diet Coke, not a regular Coke. He will get it. Coke zero sugar. I think it's like the same thing. (laughs) So do with it what you will, but this applies to, like I said, your other drinks too, that if you're using caffeine, like pop or something, it's, it's the sugar. So I I don't know there's not a positive place. I can make the argument. There's just not really a positive place for pop and energy drinks because they're either going to have sugar or they're going to have artificial ones. Maybe there's some that have like monk fruit or like ve- or stevia, more natural sweeteners. I guess that would be an option, but coffee to me, in my opinion, is a little more natural. And then you can just, I personally right now drink coffee with heavy cream and there's shown to be benefits with that, with doing heavy cream. Also highly debated because dairy can cause inflammation. We can debate everything all day. I'm just letting you know some facts here and then do with it what you will. I personally drink coffee with heavy cream one to two times a day, (laughs) sometimes espresso with a little bit of heavy cream in it or espresso with oat milk. I will do at home. Okay. So two more tips for the caffeine is if you're using it, it is suggested to use it before workouts for some extra oomph. Again, a lot of studies do show that if runners or endurance athletes supplemented with caffeine, that they went faster and farther. So also that's also been shown to those who work out to music end up having a more vigorous workout. 
have more output, whether it's weightlifting or cardio and whatnot. So you don't just have to use caffeine. I do go back and forth with this. Sometimes I will use caffeine before my workouts. And a lot of times I don't, a lot of times now I like to do my workout first thing in the morning and then have caffeine later because you're also not supposed to, here's another thing about the timing. It's not recommended to have caffeine right away when you wake up, like at delaying it by like at least an hour. So you don't mess with your body's circadian rhythm. So your body doesn't get reliant on the caffeine to wake up. Your body can wake up on its own. So because I do like to work out in the morning, I'm typically working out first. I'm choosing kind of that rule to follow rather than the letting caffeine help my workout rule. You can play with this. If you work out at a different time, other than first thing in the morning, then a little caffeine before your workout might be helpful. If you're doing more evening or nap time workouts, when I do nap time workouts, I do try to do this. I'll try to have the caffeine about 30 minutes before my workout to give me a little something more there. Now, last tip, and this is back to the timing is to have a cutoff time. So as not to disturb sleep, sound familiar, just like with alcohol, it is not recommended to have caffeine close to when you're going to bed because for obvious reasons, it's going to keep you up. Everybody's so different with this. I am usually okay. If I do not have my second caffeine past like three o'clock, that's kind of where I start like arguing with myself (laughs) by four o'clock. I know it's going to affect my sleep, my falling asleep at least. Um, but in that like three o'clock, I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I usually have my second caffeine right around like one 30 or two. It's right after I put whoever's going down for nap for nap. And then I usually have my second caffeine. So up to you, I would just recommend not doing it very close to bedtime. I, I it's a whole feeling like, especially in the winter to have that warm cup of something after dinner. I also think This is a nice little replacement for having alcohol. My husband and I will do this in the winter because you do feel like, okay, we want to hang out and do something, but you don't want to pour a drink. So sparkling water is always a great alternative there. But in these colder months, if it's colder for you where you are, that's where we'll do hot tea. And I'm not a big tea person at all. He is, but I'm not. So I actually started doing decaf coffee last year. I was like, oh, this is where the world of decaf can come in. Like having, and I know some of you listening to that are like, oh, definitely not. Cause what's the point of decaf, but it's nice to have that hot cup of something. And, uh, just as a little, you know, after dinner or after bedtime treat, I know there's like trace amounts of caffeine and decaf. So if you find that affects you, I would probably not do that, but Definitely for caffeinated beverages, pop, energy drinks, (laughs) coffee, teas, have a cutoff time that is hours away from bedtime. You know, sleep is so important. It is a pillar of health. We don't want to mess with it. All right. So that is what I got for you today. Thank you for, (laughs) I think all my podcasts for the next couple of months are going to be like, thank you for bearing with XYZ, the baby sounds, baby blowouts, all the things. But I appreciate you being here. I hope you glean some value from it and go grab that freebie if you want to. And next episode, we're going to talk about essential exercises for pregnancy. So this may or may not apply to all of you. If not, I will catch you the episode after that. But that is what's on deck for next time. All right. Until then, ladies, have a great rest of your day.